This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Guess what, listeners? What, 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 what? We have a live show coming up in Seattle on oh, February boy. 10th. February 10th. Okay. Uh, can I tell the people yes, about yes. it? It is, uh, so it's at Mohai, the Museum of History and Industry. It's part of their Edible City exhibit, which you can go check out right now, but we won't be there until February 10th at 7 p.m. And you can get tickets right now by going to bit.ly slash milk at Mohai. That's bit.ly slash milk at M-O-H-A-I. See you in February. This episode is brought to you by Madison Reed. Madison Reed is salon quality hair color with an authentic personal touch. Tell us about it, Matthew. Yep, I am uh, sitting in front of the Madison Reed website right now, and it's asking me questions about my hair. Like, do you have any gray hair? Uh, some. Uh, are your grays hard to cover? That sort of thing. So, like, these are questions I can answer. And what it's going to do is uh, its little computer mind is going to cogitate and tell me my perfect Madison Reed hair color uh, for what my hair is like now and what I want it to be. And these hair colors are free of toxins and they look great. Wow, that's so cool. So, uh, you know what, Matthew? I think that uh, you should try it. And uh, you know what? I'll help. So okay. you purchase some of it. I'll come over. We'll hang out in your bathroom together. Okay, tell me how we'll to do that. <laughs> that sounds super awkward. <laughs> okay, great. So go to madison-reed.com. And to get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit, use the code SPILLEDMILK. That's madison-reed.com, the offer code SPILLEDMILK. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any, except today, you can if you have a dim sum restaurant in your neighborhood. That's right. Today's topic is... Dim sum. <laughs> I bet that was a big surprise, huh? <laughs> yeah. We really, yeah. we really like to bury the lead. Ooh, yeah. Um, okay, before we get started talking about dim sum, I noticed, Molly, that you are back from Canada. I am back from Canada. And I feel like I need to get out of my system, like, <laughs> all the Canadian references I can think of. Sure, sure, do it. Do okay. it. I'm ready. So um, you were in Canada for, like, more than two weeks, right? I was there for two weeks. Two weeks, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, things I'm wondering if you encountered. Maple syrup. Yes. Uh, Justin Bieber. Did not encounter Justin Bieber. However, I went to the Avon Theatre um, in Stratford, Ontario, which is his hometown, and uh-huh. that's also where I was teaching, and, um, and took a picture of the steps where he uh, used to busk. 
and uh, and he's got a little star in the sidewalk there. Oh yeah, I think we talked about this uh, possibly on uh, on the episode we recorded while you were in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I that that was the closest I got to the Beebs. Okay, uh, a moose. No, 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 no meese. Okay, uh, apologies. <laughs> uh, you know, there was not too much like surflu- superfluous apologizing. How about surfluous? There's a lot of surfluous apologizing. <laughs> um, okay, how about um, uh, a? Somebody did say a. Oh, okay, that was good. that was going to be a question. Yep. Uh, how about like uh, there was uh, a, also a lot of talk of um, of healthcare. I got to see a Canadian like a healthcare card. Oh wow, that was really cool. Did you try and steal it? I sure did. <laughs> um, this is this is actually a serious question. So um, uh, in uh, in the early two thousands, I will say, uh, my wife and I were traveling uh, in another country uh, during the time a terrible thing happened in American history, yeah. and people kept apologizing to us and asking if we were okay. Did this happen to you while you were in Canada? People, people actually were kind of. I could tell they were hesitant to talk to me about the sure. election because I think everyone was afraid that I would be, you know, on on the, the wrong, oh, the wrong team. And uh, but anyway, I would always disarm things right away by saying like, "I didn't vote for him," okay. and then we could all commiserate. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, there might be um, a couple of other Canadian things that spring to mind that I'm just going to like pepper in throughout this episode, like a dim sum card coming around. How about like a um, a First Nations person wearing a a fur lined parka? I did not see anything like that in person. I think I I saw like a photograph. Okay. Mm -hmm. Terrific. I want to talk about dim sum. Yeah, I do. So, oh, oh! I saw a package of Smarties, but I I forgot to buy them. The M and M's, you know. Uh, yeah, I know. I know what they are. I don't. <gasps> I don't like them. Remember? Wait, can I also tell you what I had? I had um, ketchup flavored Lay's potato chips. Nice. Yeah, and I had some poutine flavored ruffles, which were really delicious. Very salty though. Yeah, we've been having some problems with poutine in this country also. <laughs> God, that was <laughs> good terrible. one. Sorry. And um, I was sent home with a bag of hickory sticks. What's which that? Are, they're they're like matchstick um matchstick potato chips sort of okay that i haven't good. opened the bag yet i'm supposed to share them with you but i forgot to bring them over. oh they were given to you with the express uh, instruction to share them with I me think i was supposed to share them with you because the person who gave them to me shout out to emma waverman yo Woo-hoo! emma waverman um emma listens to the show and she knew that uh, she was very upset that in our canadian junk food box that we had not been sent ketchup flavored lays oh i would not have liked them because i don't like ketchup Oh, but I mean, I'm sorry you didn't get them. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, poutine ruffles. Um, that sounds good. I, I would like. I mean, I really enjoyed them, like more than I should say. I think that they could be incredible with like a pilsner or something. Oh, so good with a beer. Yeah. I mean, chip and beer pairings are are the thing of the moment. Also, wait, hold on, Toronto. Yes. Toronto. Can I tell you that you have like the nicest airport I think I've ever been in? Oh, it is. I, I mean, I kind of. For as glad as I was to be heading home that last day in the Toronto airport, I have to say I was also so sad. Like, my country thinks it's so great, and yet this airport, this airport basically, is better than almost anything in my country. (laughs) Anything. Could we we live there? Is it large? It 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 was. It was very large. Mm-hmm. International airport, many terminals. Uh, it was it was shiny. It was beautiful. It had like uh, it just. It was so easy to use. Um, the seating was comfortable. It was oh my god. So at my gate, there was like a cafe and bar. 
that um, had all of these, um, basically the whole gate, instead of being those like rows of, of sure. seats, it was um, seats and tables and every seat had an iPad. What? And you could just use the iPad free of charge, or if you wanted, you could use the iPad and through the iPad order and pay for a drink from the cafe, which was then <sighs> delivered directly to you without your getting up. At no charge? Uh, well, you did have to pay for the drink. However, you could just sit there and use the iPad while you're waiting for your flight. Okay, I have more questions. Maybe we'll get to dim sum someday. Maybe that'll be a separate episode. Uh, <laughs> this is the Canadian Airports episode. This episode is brought to you by Toronto Airport. Uh, Pearson. Pearson Airport. Was uh, Did they have porn blocked on the iPads? I did not okay. check. Um, it did, oh, is this um, a YYZ Airport as immortalized in the Rush song? I don't know. I think it is. I, I think, think it that's is Toronto. YYZ. It, what it, YVR is Vancouver. Right. I think all the Canadian airports have start with Y just because they're very positive. Why? Why not? Ah, ah, ah. Anyway, yeah. So, God, I mean, seriously, Canada, what is their like national slogan? It's something like peace, order, and good government or something. Are you serious? Have you ever heard anything less American and more sensible and, and, and uh, wonderful? Um, Peace, I, order, and good governance. How unsexy, and yet, oh my God, what a country. Okay, I'm not saying I'm not in favor How of sensible. those things, but it doesn't make a very catchy national slogan. I like, don't know if that's the national slogan, but somebody reeled it off to me as okay. though that was like, liberté, égalité, okay. fraternité. Like Maybe it sounds better in French. Maybe. Um, <laughs> paix. Ordre. Ordre. <laughs> et bon gouvernement. Wow, that doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't sound good in either language. <laughs> anyway, I am all for it. I would love more peace, order, and please, some good governance in this country. All right, and with that, let's talk about dim sum. Hey, let's talk about dim sum. So, hey, uh, this episode, the idea for is it- brought to you by the Toronto Airport. <laughs> I had the idea for it because oh. I had Toronto in dim sum. I mean, <laughs> okay, so you were sitting, you were sitting in dim sum, and a cart came by containing Toronto, and you're like, "I'll have one of those." <laughs> I had dim sum in Toronto uh -huh. again with Emma Waverman and her her mother Lucy Waverman. This episode is brought to you by Emma Waverman. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we went out for dim sum at a place on Dundas Street, which I've I just love saying. It's very fun um, to say. Um, what, Dundas and Spadina are kind of the big, like, Chinatown streets? I think, I actually, I didn't know it was pronounced Dundas. I, I think I assumed it was Dundas. Well, everybody there says Dundas. No, I'm, I'm not I'm not denying Don't that. I'm, be I'm being such educated. such a Dundas. Yes. Anyway, um, we went to a place called Dim Sum King, and it had carts. Mm -hmm. And it was just pure and utter chaos. We were there on a Sunday morning. There were nine of us eating at, at our table, round table with the Lazy Susan. Yeah, that's a good number. Oh, God. Anyway, it was just madness in there, and it was the best kind of madness. Emma, Describe Emma and Lucy did all the ordering for us, so I just sat there and received just describe the atmosphere of the place a little more. It was huge. You So um, basically, you walk in off the street, and you're kind of in like a strip mall with like a nail salon on the on the ground floor. And you uh -huh. go up to the third floor, and you walk in, and you're kind of in this like big banquet space almost. Tons and tons of tables, people bustling around, every table full, people waiting, um, carts everywhere. All the ladies with the carts, they would kind of just yell at you like, you yes. know beef dumpling or whatever 
yeah, it, it was it, it was a little hard at times to get what you wanted. For instance, the um, har gao is that it? The shrimp, the shrimp dumplings. dumplings. Yeah. We had to really, you know, uh, work hard to get those. But uh, God, it was the best kind of chaos. You know, it's uh, it's considered socially it like, acceptable at dim sum to, to go chase down the cart you want. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Good to know. I mean, you're you're only allowed to knock over like a maximum of two people on the way. Oh, okay. and then two more on the way back. <laughs> oh, great. And if you're in Canada, you have to apologize. Yes. Uh, that sounds great. Some of my most uh, uh, formative and successful dim sum experiences have also been in Canada, particularly in Vancouver. I believe um, it. I believe it. Where? So where? Where do you go in Vancouver? Uh, so I'll go to the uh, the Sun Shui Wa on uh, on Main Street. I think is great. Uh, the one in Richmond is also great. There's a lot of places in Richmond that I'm just not very familiar with because mm-hmm. I've only been there a couple of times. Uh, Kieran downtown is very good, mm-hmm. um, or at least was <laughs> eight years ago. The last time I was there. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I think Vancouver has, has considered to have some of the best dim sum Absolutely. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to have it there with you someday. Um, I remember, I uh, would love to have Vancouver at dim sum. <laughs> yes. We, I mean, we have, we have had Chinese food together in Vancouver once. That's true. Many, many That's years true ago. That's true on my honeymoon. It was, right. <laughs> you spent as, part of our honeymoon with as, us. As we've talked about before, <laughs> yeah. like the best part, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I made the exact same joke last time this came out. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, Vancouver is terrific for dim sum. Oh, I was going to say that, uh, uh, a few years ago, Martin Yan came out with a book called, uh, I think, Martin Yan's Chinatown, mm-hmm. um, where he like visits different Chinatowns around the world and uh, and shares different recipes from them. And someone asked him while he was on book tour, uh, which uh, which do you think is the best Chinatown? Do you think has the best food? And I was I was expecting, okay, he's going to say, you know, well, I can't just pick one favorite. You know, that this is best here, this is best here. He's like, no, Vancouver. Great, cool. Yeah. Okay, so here in Seattle, where do you go for dim sum? So. I find the dim sum landscape in, in Seattle kind of challenging. And I know like I'm being a, a curmudgeon to say this. Um, I think Jade Garden is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard some good things about some places on the east side that I've not been to. Um, if, I, if I'm going in town, I will probably go to Jade Garden in okay. the International District. I've never had dim sum in Seattle. In fact, I had only had dim sum once before this time in <gasps> Toronto. And it, it was when I was in college and one of my roommates... Um, was Chinese American, and I went with her and her family to have dim sum at uh-huh. some place like in Mountain View or Palo, not Palo Alto, somewhere down down there that was not Palo Alto, somewhere down there, somewhere down there. Uh, anyway, and then I didn't have dim sum again until somewhere until like last down week. There. Do, 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 do. That's uh, that's. Uh, troubling. It is troubling, isn't um, yeah, it? I However, you, I we, am a real authority ready to record this podcast with you. Oh, that's great. We should get started on it at some point. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is a pretty darn great way to build a website, isn't it, Matthew? It sure is. And I can tell you that now from personal experience. Ooh, would you tell me all about that? Okay, so I have a new book coming out. You'll be hearing more about that on the show sometime. I've read it. I've read it two or maybe three times now. Yikes, that's probably too many times. I love it. So I'm like, I need a real author website. And so I'm thinking I could go in and do it with some other tool. I should give Squarespace a try. You yeah, guys, you Squarespace is great. I would say I put in about two hours of work, and I have a totally professional-looking website with uh, you know a page about me and pages for all of my books and like a nice sidebar with pictures of the covers of all my books. Hey, what's that URL? Oh, it's uh, MatthewAmsterburton.com with no, no hyphens or anything. 
Wow. So, gosh, Squarespace really lives up to its promises. Yes. Everything was drag and drop. I could put things wherever I wanted. I can make professional looking buttons like the buy now button. And, uh, you know, it was easy to add uh, graphics. It was uh, easy to link all the pages up and make the navigation really seamless. Uh, It looks great on my phone. It looks great on my computer. Uh, I did all of this uh, with Squarespace. And you can, too. You can also make a website about me. (laughs) Great. I can't wait. I'm going to get right on it. Yeah, probably MatthewHamsterBurtonFanClub.com is still available. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Matthew, would you please tell us how our listeners can take advantage of this incredible idea? Yes. uh, Not only can they take advantage, they can get 10% off their first order by going to Squarespace.com, signing up for a free trial, and then when you buy, use the offer code SPILLED at checkout. That's Squarespace.com with the offer code SPILLED at checkout. Squarespace. Works for me. I noticed you blew right past memory lane and replaced it with Dundas Street. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, I'm guilty as charged. Because I absolutely grew up with dim sum uh, in Portland, Oregon. The two places... I don't uh, know if you remember, I grew up in Oklahoma City. Well, I was going to ask, like, if there was some sort of Oklahoma dim sum where, I don't know, they would bring, (laughs) like, a a slider... And I, I am sure. No, I am positive that there are restaurants in in Oklahoma City and that there were back then, too, that had dim sum. Mm-hmm. My parents never went to them. Um, I seem to remember that some friends of ours, the Fretwells, who I know yeah. I've mentioned many times on this show, uh, their favorite Chinese restaurant was called Dot Wo. My mom never loved it. Is that one of those new top level domain names? <laughs> I, I feel like lately I've been feeling like I could definitely start a website with uh, the, the dot woe domain. <laughs> anyway, anyway, they used to go to dot woe, and I seem to recall that maybe dot woe did dim sum. Sure. But I, ne- I never went there. I, you're, the way you're saying this, it's like you're looking to me for confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did Dot Woe do dim sum? Uh, yes. Great. Absolutely. Okay. Anyway, what about you? Um, yeah. So the places that uh, that my family went to growing up in Portland uh, were uh, Fong Chong Noodle House and House of Louie. I think, we, I think we, we switched at some point from Fong Chong to House of Louie because it was less crowded on God, Saturday House mornings. House of Louie. I love that. Oh, it was a great name and a great place. I think it's still there. And I have how, no idea how, if it's how still was Louis good. spelled? Uh, L-O-U-I-E. Oh, like, like oh, okay. House of like, Louie. Yeah, like a, you know, a, a guy, Chinese-American guy named Louie. Awesome. Um, and uh, it was, it was great. There were carts. Uh, it was, you know, it was a madhouse like you described. And, you know, as a kid, I thought this was just you know, it was like it, it was getting to make a whole meal out of appetizers, which is all a kid ever wants to do, right? Yes, it's true. It's true. Well, so okay, so let's talk about about dim sum. What what do you eat? Um, okay, when I was a kid, um, I'm, I'm still I'm still on memory lane. Okay, uh, when I was a kid, I think certainly my favorite things were uh, like uh, the baked pork bun. Mm-hmm. So like the the round, uh, you know, almost spherical. Uh, uh, Brown, kind of lacquered, uh, and the meat inside is kind of barbecued, kind of yeah, sweet. sweet. Yeah, um, still, I still love those. Uh-huh. Uh, and sesame balls, the dessert yes. item uh, that was my other favorite. Like I, I don't know, think I've ever had those. Uh, they're they're really good. You know, they've got that really kind of like chewy, uh, sticky rice kind of texture, and then there's uh, like uh, uh, red bean paste inside, mm. uh, and set lots of sesame seeds on the outside. It's great. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, and um, so those, I mean, those are the things I remember from uh, from being a youngster. Uh, these days, uh, I definitely still like those things. Um, I love the turnip cake. 
Ah, yes. Okay. So I just had turnip cake for the first time in Toronto. Um, It's so strange looking. It was, you know, so tell me if this is how it usually looks. It kind of was this like flat-ish square Mm -hmm. on a plate. I would say it was maybe three quarters of an inch thick, top to bottom. That sounds... And it had something... I'm I'm doing a sketch of the suspect here while you're describing (laughs) it. It had something pink in it, like some kind of meat like little chunks of it. Mm-hmm. And it looked well browned on top and it was kind of crispy at the edges and you could kind of pull off a little bit. This is all true. And it was very creamy in the middle and then crispy at the edges. Yeah. It was it was it really falls apart sort of. I mean, it's very I don't know how they cook that thing. I don't either. I've never made it. Um, I had a, a turnip cake experience Why is it recently. So delicious. I I don't know. It's yeah. It's it. Uh, it's hard to describe it to someone who hasn't had it in such a way that makes it sound like uh, oh I got to get me one of these. But it's great. So it's what's in there besides like cooked mashed up turnip. So I think it is actually um, well. It's sometimes called radish cake. Okay. Um. I f- I was gonna look this up and I forgot. I think I think it is actually made with radish, not turnip. Oh. Um, like okay. uh, like daikon radish. Really? Um, and uh, I, I could be way off on this. I, we should probably look it up during the break so I can uh, head off the, uh, the, the emails. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the onslaught of corrections. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's like a, a paste that's, that's made with that that I think is, is steamed and then pan fried. It is so good. So I was recently at a place that I really liked uh, that uh, is kind of, kind of dim sum-ish um, in Seattle called uh, A Plus Hong Kong cafe mm-hmm. uh, in the international district and I um, uh, I when I was on my way to the bathroom I peeked into the kitchen and there was a gigantic turnip cake waiting to be sliced <gasps> up it was huge how, how huge it was imposed it was like like, like uh, as big as this tabletop no like half sheet maybe full sheet pan sized like oh like, my a, God. like 22 inches of turnip cake Whoa! Yeah, that's which so is also cool. Russell Crowe's band. <laughs> Twenty-two inches of turnip cake. Yes. <laughs> Wait, does Russell Crowe have a band? Yes, it's called Thirty uh, Odd Foot of Grunts. <laughs> Twenty-two inches um, of turnip okay. cake. Okay, there is this video mm-hmm. that is of Russell Crowe uh, and his band. They are singing like a very uh, sentimental song about the sea that oh, is gosh. not ironic in the least, and the the video has Can like Russell Crowe and his crew on a boat, and he's singing a song about how like the sea is going to carry him home or some shit. Um, it it is a uh, one of those songs that you hate but can't stop singing. We are definitely going to post a link to the video for that thirty odd foot of grunt song. I, wow, I yeah. can hardly wait. So, um, so uh, hold on, let me let me think about the other things that I was really into uh-huh. in Toronto. Um, so, what is that hot sauce that they bring to the table? It's like. Uh, it kind of had a flavor I hadn't had before in hot sauce. It was not that spicy. So describe describe what you're talking about, because I, I think of like dim sum condiments as being like... Um, well, there was the mustard. Right. And then there was kind of a rust-colored hot sauce that was smooth, um, not not as thin as like a Tabasco kind of thing, not as thin as, as uh, Tapatio, like the texture of a pureed soup. A pureed vegetable soup. Okay, I don't know what you mean. Some, God, list, some so listener good. is going to let us is going to let us know because I, I the the hot sauce that I associate with dim sum is the one with uh, you know like a paste with chili flakes in it. Okay, that you no, spoon this, out of a little bowl. That's not what this was, and it was so so okay. good. Um, and I really enjoyed the hargao. Um, yes, we did not have any um, any chicken feet. 
I like the chicken feet. I've never had them, and I must admit that the 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 sort of gelatinous quality uh, that I know they have, though mm-hmm. I have not had them, scares me. You know, I have some some texture issues with the old. Oh, I do know gelatinousness. How do you feel about the uh, the rice rolls? The uh, the ones that are like uh, rice lotus leaf. No, the ones that are like uh, uh, look like little burritos um, that are rolled up uh, rice noodle sheets, usually oh. with, with that you can like see shrimp through oh, often, I like, and they I put like a little that. soy sauce on top. I like that. That's yeah, a real chung fan. They're called. I like that. Uh, you know, like that texture is a slippery texture that's akin to the turnip <laughs> I cake. Say it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery texture that's slippery in a good way, like turnip cake. Yes. You know, I'm down with that. Um, oh, you know, something that I thought I was going to like more and I didn't really like was the the sticky rice with meat in it that's in a lotus leaf. It had I'm, some like weird yellow mushrooms in there, too. I just wasn't into it. It's was a weird taste. So I that is that is generally not one of my favorites either. Um, it is. Uh, I asked uh, my daughter Iris uh, this morning what is her favorite dim sum item? And she said that's her favorite. So the kids at the table, uh, they that's their favorite, too. And so I thought, oh, this is for sure going to be delicious in the way that like peanut butter and jelly is delicious. <laughs> Like, you know, however, I just was like, this is not very tasty. Um, and furthermore, I thought it tasted a little like weird. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's not it's not something that only kids like, you know, uh, we're we're the weird ones here. We are. Oh, yeah. So what what is that little yellow mushroom mushroom in there? I didn't like that. I don't know. It's probably a little yellow mushroom. Oh, OK. I didn't I didn't like that. Um, um I yeah I love Hargau also that that for me is like the thing I will I will use to like judge uh, you know the bellwether of of the dim sum place Ooh, is that the word I'm looking for I don't know but I like it okay um, and uh, like you know if it's uh, if it's like kind of thick and gummy that's a bad sign like if the shrimp is overcooked or not like you know perfectly pink and fresh seeming that's bad um, it's I think it's one that's hard to do really well so hmm. when a place really nails it I'm like yeah and it's so simple. Yeah. Oh, so, so oh, good. so good. There was some giant dumpling we had. Oh. Like a huge pot sticker. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the great things about dim sum is like, well, we should talk about like carts versus no carts. Because like the one of the advantages of carts is like something will come by that you've never seen and before. you can just get it. Yeah. But then, of course, you know, then there's the idea that it's maybe not as hot or whatever. But, you know, like I don't I don't want to burn my delicate little mouth anyway. So, you know, yeah, who like cares? Dim sum hot or not. Hot, uh, um, ish. I I have come around to to the point where I I now prefer the menu ordering off the menu. Matthew, um, I'm I'm not. I, I understand the appeal of the cart experience, and like I'm not gonna say no to a dim sum outing, but. I, I like being able to like look through the menu and be like, oh, I can I can not only get whatever I want, but I can like get three of these things or six of these things, and I know they're going to be like made fresh and brought to me, or at least I can pretend that that's what's happening. Hey, so is kanji at all a normal thing at dim sum? Absolutely, yes. Okay, because I had my first kanji. <gasps> so you know, it, it was a you had your first conjugal visit. I did, I did, I I I, I had it with with so at a table of nine people. <laughs> yeah. Um. It. It was hot on that lazy Susan. Oh. I mean, just woo. I was spinning. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. My, I thought <laughs> my, I, my head was spinning. We're still talking about the the sexual my intercourse. Con- yes, right. yeah. Because <laughs> because kanji usually is served like burningly, dangerously hot. You know, I, hold on. Let's keep talking about conjugal visits. Okay, please. What would it be like to have sex on a lazy Susan? <laughs> Well, I, a big I think, lazy Susan, I not just like a little like you know are home we, home use lazy Susan. No, it would break for yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, those I mean those things break like if you put a big bowl of soup on them. Uh, wrong. 
well, would there be hmm. other people around, or are you just are we By just myself? considering the? Am I masturbating, <laughs> Lazy Susan? Yes, yes, you are. We're gonna put up a video, <laughs> one of those boomerang videos where the thing just keeps going around and around. <laughs> Well, I don't really know what the appeal would be. I was just thinking that, like, yes, I don't know. I was just thinking, what about like? <laughs> I think like the the motion to like get the lazy Susan, like the the angular momentum. <laughs> I don't really like merry-go-rounds. The longer I think oh, about this, I don't either. the more it reminds no. me of a merry-go-round. And I can think of no place I would less enjoy having sex than a merry-go-round. No, I mean I would I would still be up for it rather than <laughs> rather than not. But um, when you were a kid, did you have a sit and spin? <laughs> Um, I think I might have. Yeah. Yeah, I think pretty much everybody did. Yeah, those that was like a, you know, vomit producing machine. <laughs> I was much less prone to dizziness as a kid, and I think that's pretty normal. Like Yeah, I guess so. Our vestibular systems now are just all kind of old and crackly. You just won the <laughs> the big word race of po- possibly forever. Our vestibular system. Oh, is that systems. what that TV show is called? The big word race? Like, oh, the amazing big word race where, <laughs> yeah. where like couples compete to like just say a big word and make everyone else feel dumb. But they have to say it properly in context. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a very exciting it show. I don't know why it was canceled. <laughs> Okay, uh, hold on. Anyway, so yeah, I had my first. Oh, oh right. I forgot we were talking about food. And I put some of that hot sauce in it, and it was so delicious. I was yes. like, "Why don't I eat this all the time? Can we go out and eat kanji together?" Sometime? Yeah, sure. We could make it also. But we, really, um, you know, I've never been to the Kraken Kanji in Let's Seattle. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, yeah, kanji is great. Like it's for for me, it was like a food that I that I kind of had to like re you know like turn off my brain and like like adopt yeah, a new yeah, mindset yeah. to enjoy uh-huh. um because you know it is like gruel yeah um, it is a bowl of gelatinous mush and it's great mm-hmm. uh yeah when uh when i was in hong kong like i at some point i got just a craving for kanji and like there was a place right outside my apartment that just hooked me up i think i'm gonna have kanji cravings now okay it's very easy to make do you think oh never mind <laughs> Okay. Was this going to be another Lazy Susan-related question? It was. was. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, I feel like I've really taken the trip down Dundas now. Yeah. Something we haven't talked about with with, uh, Dim Sum is like the the system where they they mark what you got on on the little sheet on your table. I don't understand how that was working at all. But then then it's great because then you end end up charging like, you know, $7 or something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and then you're also like, you spill tea all over that thing. And then it's just a... Basically, at the end, they just sort of like throw some numbers up in the air and like whatever sticks to your table, you wind up paying. It's like the, uh, have you ever been to one of those uh, uh, Italian places in New York City, uh, especially like in the Bronx, um, where, where they, there's no prices and they just make something up at the end of the meal? And no. And like the, the trick is it's always like a little less than you thought it was going to be. Cool. Yeah. All right. Oh, one other thing I was going to I was going to mention that if you want to make uh, uh, dim sum items at home, like some some of them probably you shouldn't bother making at home because you can go to a dim sum place and it'll be great. Uh, and uh, and we'll be and it's a lot of work to make them. But some like, you know, uh, baked pork buns are pretty easy to make at home. Uh, any kind of uh, like a pot sticker dumpling uh, mm-hmm. is worth making at home. Uh, the best book about this, which I think is still out of print, but you can find it, is uh, the Dim Sum Dumpling Book by Eileen Yinfei Lo. Mm, okay. Great this is book. a great got, tip. You know, it covers every definitely every item we've talked about. 
Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, may, I want to I want to make a turnip cake now. Really? Yeah. Invite me over, dude. Okay. I I want to see twenty. I want to see your twenty-two feet of turnip cake. <laughs> it was twenty-two inches, but it's grown since then. <laughs> Thanks again to Madison Reed for sponsoring today's episode. Madison Reed is toxin-free, salon-quality hair color that you can buy online, and they've got a tool that will help you find your perfect shade. Wow. You know, my mom used to always tell me when I was a kid that I had the color hair that the ladies always dye their hair to achieve. Do you think that Madison Reed could match my hair color for that day when I when I am all gray and I want to be returned to my color? Or for that matter, could they offer a color that matches your color for people who want to look like you, which I think is a lot of people. Wow, this is wow, this is really exciting and this is really awkward. Okay, so hey, you know the the cool thing about Madison Reed other than the fact that they've got this website and stuff where you can go and find the perfect hair color for you is that these dyes are all free of ammonia, parabens and and all the yucky stuff that sometimes shows up in hair dye. So yeah. it's kind of cool. You try it, you'll love it. If you don't, obviously satisfaction is guaranteed. Go to madison-reed.com to get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit with the code spilled milk. That's madison-reed.com, offer code spilled milk. You can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com where we will post, uh, well, well, we'll remind you the name of that book that, that Matthew recommends. Uh-huh. And we will also post a link to that horrible song oh, that, that Matthew told us about. Oh, that is going to destroy your week. And you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast. And we would love to hear, I don't know, where do you like to eat dim sum? In yeah, your, for sure. In your city. What's your favorite item? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to apologize. Like if, if Russell Crowe listens to this show, like, um, you know, we it's just it's just that one song. And we, <laughs> everything else you've know, done is great. We know that you're more successful than we are. And that's why we're being mean. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, it's pure. It's pure, unadulterated uh, envy. Yeah. Uh, did we say Facebook? We did say Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. That would be very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. You can have another conjugal visit with us next week. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. (laughs) And I'm Matthew Amster-Burton. Did you think I meant 22 feet earlier? (laughs) No. I just accidentally (laughs) said feet when I meant inches. Okay, well. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.